0: We need your financial support to keep going. Go to www.3cr.org.au for more information and to donate online. Now stay tuned for your 3CR podcast.
1: Here we are, Radical Australia once again. 3CR 855 on your AM dial, streaming live on 3cr.org.au. The Empress Dale Bridge is with us. How are you, Empress? Very well, thank you, Joseph. We How got, are you? We've got these silly things yeah. on our heads. It looks like an SNM session, doesn't it? Oh,
0: well, actually, it doesn't. No, it doesn't. It doesn't. <laughs> <laughs>
1: um, but yeah, the boom mics, so I feel like Madonna. You feel like Madonna. Yeah. You're saying I'm Madonna.
0: No, no, I said I feel like Madonna. You more like, um, uh, you so know, so Captain good. Stubing from the love boat.
1: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that'd be right that'd be right a groper a groper okay we've got a great guest every guest is a great guest in radical australia we have with us mr rowan white
0: hello joseph hello this is
1: now you've got to be kind to the empress yes because she does ask questions when i go off the rails which is often
0: you wouldn't go off the rails would you joseph Oh,
1: no, no, no. He's perfectly balanced and rational. Exactly. That's why I'm on community radio, three CR, because <laughs> I'm a pers- perfectly balanced, rational human being, and you're a perfectly balanced, rational guest, and Dale is a perfectly balanced, rational co-host. Oh, I wouldn't go that far. No, neither oh, would no, I. I but we're in good hands, Dale. <laughs> we can we can lie. Nobody can see us. We, very kind we don't we don't have any cameras here, so you can relax. Mm-hmm. Now we only ask two questions. You've got fifty-five minutes to answer them. Fifty-five minutes, fantastic. Yeah, it's fantastic. And the show's all about you. Good. And the I'm first, a human. Yeah. And the first question is very simple. Some people have difficulty with this. What year were you born?
0: Nineteen sixty-six.
1: A youngster. A youngster. Sixty-six. A youngster. Not even. Not even fifty. Close, no. Close to no. it. Very close to up. it. Warming up. And the second question, and you've got 53 minutes to answer it, is <laughs> what's your earliest memory? What's the first thing you remember about being on this planet? Hmm. I'll make the noises while you think, as it's live yeah, radio. Yeah, you know? I've got yeah. a memory. It's, yeah, tell I, us about I, it.
0: I'm down in Geelong, uh-huh. which is where my grandparents hung out at the time, yeah. in Hearn Hill, in the shadows of the... Um, cement plant Mm -hmm. and my younger cousin had just been born Mm -hmm. and I would have been two and a bit, not much older than her and she was in a little carry bassinet woven thing, they didn't have those capsules in those days they had woven and she came in so we were hanging out with our grandparents which we often did and and that's it That's it,
1: yeah Tell us about your grandparents, what were they like?
0: Well, on that side, those were my mum's folks. Your, your mum's folks, yeah. yeah. Um, my my grandma is, is top of mind at the moment because my mum just wrote a story about her. She's a, right. a, a, a bit of a short story writer and she's been doing all this family history stuff uh-huh. lately, which is fantastic for uh-huh. me yeah. and it's fantastic for her too. Yeah. Um, She was... Whoa, where to start? Her name was Emma Mabel. Mm-hmm. She held the fort on a whole lot of farms. Um, and a dairy farm when my mum was growing up. Um, one of the stories I, r- I heard recently that she was burned really badly. This is out in Donald, I think, in right. the Western District, mm-hmm. and um, she had you know a wood heat fire, a yes. uh, hot water heater, and mm-hmm. that she kept the whole house going with, and um, she was really badly burned and had to sort of. Wait hours and hours and hours for emergency services to come and take her into hospital and so on and that mm. happened I think when my mum was reasonably young mm. um, so she was she raised three kids and um, did the whole the whole domestic thing mm. and um,
1: did she have an impact on you?
0: Oh, for sure, for sure, we used to go and stay with her and um, she was the i guess the most relaxed. Kind of loving presence. I knew at that age, right. she was just. We were okay. She was okay. I, I can't ever remember her getting grumpy with us or spanking mm. us or disciplining us or anything. We were. She made it seem like we were easy to
1: be with. Right, right. Which was obviously not true. No, we, we <laughs> were ratbags. <laughs> we were ratbags. <laughs> and how about granddad? What was on your mother's side? What was he like? Granddad, he
0: was um, he was a dairy farmer and a butcher and um. At that time he had a butcher shop down in Geelong. He was a footy player, the captain coached bat at Bansdale, which is where the or where the family came from. They had the butcher yeah. shop down there. Yeah. Um and he was he was a kind of a stern chap in a way, but he was also um kind of entertaining and fair and, and relaxed also right. in, in his way. He used to take us for drives around the country and I remember sitting on his lap yeah. in his walks all driving up the driveway. Yeah, yeah I like that. in yeah, Geelong yeah, and things yeah, like that. Yeah. And um, things you get charged for these days, yeah. but yeah. <laughs> 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 and he he was a good I mean, he, he was sort of my connection to kinda of country, sort of rural Australia. I remember going to the sale yards with him down in Geelong there and he was in his element, you know, he yeah. was just completely um, uh, comfortable with all the goings on there and he had a big set of bullocks at home, and he had a bull whip. He used to whip in the backyard and show yeah. us how to do it. And yeah, yeah. Um, but he was sort of, to me, very relaxed and unpretentious, and mm. um, you know, he was really well liked, well liked bloke. Mm.
1: Did you have any contact with uh, your father's parents?
0: Yes, I did. Yes, I did. And what
1: were they like, and who were they? They, were,
0: they contrasted quite a lot. They sort of probably would have seen themselves as a higher class of people, mm-hmm. um, although my father's sort of grandparents I think he was a metal worker Mm -hmm. but his dad my father my grandfather um, became a bank
1: manager bank manager that's right he started out you know he worked his
0: way up through the banks Uh, and became a bank manager
1: there was was the vet the doctor and the bank (laughs) manager they ran the town that's right
0: and um, my other grandmother my my dad's mother she came he from um, kind of country stock but they had a bit more success they must have been squatters or something uh-huh. back in the day they had a bunch of farms out in kind of Colac way Beac, yep, yep. and um they sold them up in the depression and came into into Essendon and had a bunch of houses there and yeah. she kind of swanned around and yeah. she, did, she was, she was a, a bit of a doer she set up a kindergarten because there wasn't one mm-hmm. um active in the the Liberal Party branch of Essendon. Nice to see. Nice to, good heritage I have. Yeah, yeah. And um
1: they never won an election there, but at least she was active. <laughs> <laughs>
0: and uh one of my earlier memories was this this is this would be great to my, my activist mates who are listening. Um I was as a what was it, seventy five a nine year old. I was taken to a Western branch of the Liberal Party, election party in 75.
1: Oh, yeah, the old We Roll Golf Party.
0: And I was given
1: this badge.
0: Uh-huh, uh-huh. And I really hadn't been paying attention to anything to do with politics. Nine, Although no. my parents were, were kind of uh. on the conservative side interested. Yeah. But the badge said, it's time they went. Have <laughs> <laughs> you still got the badge? I it'd haven't. it be worth money. I haven't. I think I got rid of it. And I remember somebody kind of... I, picked up off a table or something, and somebody bent down and said, tapped me on the shoulder and said, listen, Sonny, don't take this to school. I <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, why? In essence, you <laughs> killed, that's right. <laughs> yes. So that's one of my early memories. Yeah.
1: So, did you go to any, you got any brothers and sisters?
0: I have two sisters, one elder, one younger.
1: Uh-huh. And tell us about your parents. Um, Are they still alive?
0: My father passed just about two years ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, my mum is still fighting fit. She's turning 80 next month.
1: Right. So tell us about them. What are they like?
0: OK, well, Mum, um, as I said, grew up on dairy farms. She got to go to a girls' school in Geelong, which was a government girls' school, Matthew Flinders, which is still there, um, which was great because you didn't have to put up with a whole bunch of sexism that women usually have to put up with at school, except that the school, the sexism manifestors of the school I only went to fifth form mm-hmm. and you sort of got to be a nurse or a teacher or nothing. So my mum chose the sort of nurse route, And um, she was good at school. She was popular. She was a house captain. They had you know prefects and things like that at that school. And she was. They were good years, I think, for her at school. Can
1: I make a confession? Yes. I mean, uh, Dale, can I make a confession? But uh, could you just put the bleep bleep button when I do it? I was actually school captain, house captain, and a prefect. I'm sorry. (laughs) I (laughs) apologise. I apologise. Salisbury State High School, it was It was a pr- It was a state high school, it wasn't a private school. <laughs> yeah. But I, I carry that burden to this day. I'm nearly 64 and I carry that burden on my shoulder. I should have a tattooed on my back. <laughs> so, it's alright for your mum. Yeah. She's fine. House yes. captain, it's okay, not a problem. We'll accept that. And how about Dad, what did he do?
0: Dad went to Essendon High School and then went to Melbourne University and he... he he bragged about being the first of his line that went to university. He went and did in, um, in science, yeah. at which he turned into an engineering degree at university. Yeah. And um, with a lot of support from my mum, he ended up finishing that.
1: <laughs> <laughs> she, she made the money, while he was swanning. Pretty you, much, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> pretty much. What uni is this? Melbourne Uni or uh, Bonnie? Uh, Melbourne, uni, Melbourne, Melbourne and then, uni. Well, he
0: went to Melbourne Tech, MIT yeah. as it became, to, yeah. to get his engineering degree in the end. So he sort of started out, uh, yeah. 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 And but he went early into um, what is now called IT. So he yeah. went from electrical uni into computing, which was very, uh, early. which was very early. You yeah. it valves and punch cards and yeah. and yeah. stuff then, which. I remember those punch yeah, cards.
1: Yeah. I used to. I had a job once. It was my job to punch the card. You <laughs> know, as a student, you'd punch the card, and you think, There's an, "There must be an easier way." Yeah. You know, and then you'd put it in this little machine and press a button, and you'd go, <coughs> and you get all the answers, and you think, "Wow, yeah. technology!" Yeah. So he he was actually making those machines. He was he was a programmer,
0: so yeah. he programmed, I think, in Fortran back then oh. for the State Electricity Commission. Mission. He had a, a, a job with that, and they had a big mainframe computer up on the whatever 12th floor at William Street yeah. and we used to go in there and I have a memory of him programming the thing so that as a four-year-old we go going and touch a button and Bells and whistles and, you know, like on a James Bond film with the yeah. day of flashes, lights and things, word and whatever. And this big thing of my name got printed out on this yeah. big bit of perforated paper. And I was like, wow, waste wow. Tax- you know, that, that was what re- a waste of
1: taxpayers' money. No wonder they privatised the SEC. That
0: was really impressive back in 1970 or whenever it was. Well, well, it would have been very impressive. <laughs> Bells yes.
1: and whistles. Yes. So where did you go to primary school?
0: I went to primary school in Montalbert, Albert. we were eastern suburbs, mm-hmm. and um, so I went to prep in Albert, and then we moved a little bit further out, out to yeah. the the wilds of Doncaster, where Not there were still orchards and things oh, like that, yes.
1: Right. You weren't, didn't steal from apples from the orchards, did you? Not a one, never. Never? never. never. No, never, uh, never, never. No, all right, okay, we'll, we won't talk about that. <laughs> so, what was primary school like? Um... I was lost at
0: the start of primary school. I went as a four-and-a-half-year-old, mm-hmm. which was the dumb thing in those days. I, my my date was just before, after the yep, cut-off. Yep, and yep. so I ended up... I was bewildered. I was like, what the... is yep. going on here? Yep. Um, apparently, I knew what I was doing kind of academically, which is why they kept promoting me. Mm. But socially, I felt utterly out of my depth. And, um... I mean, I made friends. I had friends from kindergarten and, um... But my my main memory is of just being bewildered, and this is back just after sort of Henry Bolte's ha- telling teachers they can march up and down the streets yeah, sort of, yeah and yeah. wearing classes we, I mean prep class are one of thirty five you know yeah, it's just ridiculous yeah,
1: yeah. yeah, and uh did you excel at anything in primary school
0: um, I think I excelled at um fading into the background. <laughs> <Did you know? laughs> So you got you got your doctorate in, in a yes. wallpaper. and I only got thumped by the major rule that our teacher, our yeah. prep teacher, only had once—only once, once—that once, I recall. Yes, this is in prep. Yes, yeah. But how about the rest of primary, school? the rest of primary school. Did
1: you find you, had, you, had a, you felt some particular subjects grabbed you more than others, or?
0: Um, no. No, I I I, mean, I liked words and yeah. and um, you know, I was pretty middle of the pack, I think, at primary of school. The so there's yeah.
1: nothing. No particular teacher that you can remember, good or bad. You don't have to know, don't name them. Just you know. No.
0: I mean, I think the teachers on the whole were brilliant, given the the constraints they had them and how many of us there were and how few I mean, of them there were. were. Yeah. Um, yeah. And well, actually, I'll, I'll tell you, Joseph. The thing that stands out for me with um, listeners will remember that that Pete Seeger passed this last year. Yeah. So I was in primary school in the very early seventies. And this is the wave of the the folk revival, and all I think all of my teachers had a big lot of music in our classroom, mm. and also in like, kindergarten. And I took this utterly for granted. And we had these sort of canon of songs we learned, and They were actually really freshly revived. So sort of the Peter Pauls and Marys and the Pete Seegers and the, all this sort of stuff was. Yeah. This my my primary schooling was strewn with these songs. It was fantastic. I look back on it; it was just fantastic. It was so rich, yeah. and, and we'd sit and we'd listen to the BBC or whatever the hell it was, yeah. you know, the board, and we'd sing it all together. And, yeah. and it was just—it was yeah. part of the wallpaper of our primary school.
1: Well, it was interesting because teachers had a lot more local autonomy. There's none of this napland garbage, <laughs> and you know, having to conform. And you know, you got the good and the bad, but uh, you must have been a very good school.
0: I was the. Both of the schools I went... Well, all three of the schools I went to were very well-resourced, middle-class state schools. Um, That's what we want. Yeah. That's what we
1: want. Yeah. So what, you leave primary school. What are you, 12, 13? 12, then. Uh, 11. 11? Because I was, 11. 11. I, I, you I was oh. 11
0: going on 12. Where'd you go? Well, it's, it's, it's noteworthy to mention I got... The privilege of going overseas between ah. primary and secondary school. My mum what, a gap
1: year in primary uh, school. No,
0: not <laughs> not for a year, just for a, a gap summer. It was a gap summer. Um, my mum was a nurse, right. as I mentioned, yep. uh, and um, she was, you know, well regarded in her profession. She was a matron or whatever you mm-hmm. yeah, matron they called it in those yep. days, yep. charge nurse, and um, one of her crew that she worked with was a, a Tongan nurse yes, who had promised to my sister the next airline flight. No, correction, she pr- she promised to my sister to take her home to Tonga with her, except right. my mother had promised me the next airline flight. <laughs> right. now, I was mad for aeroplanes. Right. And as soon as I... Uh, had
1: it, had it, you had been on a plane before this?
0: Uh, not a big one, no. Uh, well, tell us about the little one. Just a little one. What my, happened? My dad... Took me on a little Cessna once when I was oh. on a family holiday out at Painesville sort of way. Yeah, yeah. We saw one on a beach, and he yeah. and he promised yeah. to take me up, and, went and he kept that promise. And yeah. I remember that, and that was exciting. Cause he grew up in Essendon, as I said, mm. hanging around Essendon Airport, hitching rides on DC3s on the mail plane down yeah, to
1: yeah.
0: Um, Tassie and, and so on.
1: It's extraordinary, isn't it? These days. Kids are picked up and taken home from school in those <laughs> days. They'd say in the... Well, I remember when I was a kid, your mother would... You'd leave at sunrise and she'd say, come back for tea. Yeah. They didn't want to see you. Yeah, well, you he just did what you he, liked. He, it's he, the same he, thing. He'd be in the drains and <laughs> yeah. in a plane. Over the house. Right. Yeah, and yeah. long yeah. as he was back for but tea, tea no didn't matter. Nobody, nobody That's cared. right. Yeah. Yeah. It was that type of childhood. Yeah. So he
0: liked his aeroplanes and I kind of I caught that from him. And um, anyway, so mum said, no, no, Rowan gets the next aeroplane flight. And he, she comes in my room one day. And says, "How hey, do you want to go to Tonga?" You said Tonga. I, I said Tonga. Where the hell's that? <laughs> she said it involves a plane. I said, "Yep, I'm going." Uh, so I went to Tonga via Auckland with with this um, Tonga nurse, Melly, who was young. She was 21. This um, in the mid 70s. Yeah. What was it like? And it was just fantastic. I got tell, to, tell like, us
1: your memories as you flew in and got out of the plane. What did you see?
0: Well, let's see. It was a BAC-111. <laughs> I remember <laughs> the kind of aeroplane. Um, I remember, actually, Auckland, very memorable. Um, the the bays and whatever of Auckland is beautiful yeah. there. and I, We stayed with the Tongan family and we were offered raw fish, which I declined. <laughs> I didn't have a very flexible t- palate at that, that age. Um, but the thing that strikes me is the feast that was had on our arrival. So there was a feast at the drop of a hat. In Tonga for everything, yeah. and there was a feast for us arriving. There was a feast for just before Christmas. There was a feast for Christmas. There was a feast for just after Christmas. There was a feast for New Year. You know, so a lot of feasts, there we? were all these feasts, yeah. and um so we were in a village in yeah. in, in in Tonga with with uh, Melly's family, yeah. who were, uh, you know, you know that phrase about it's a village to raise a child, child kind of thing. Yes, I was yeah. an eleven year old, yeah. kind of, in the arms of this village, and it was yeah. it well, was you're a, just
1: allowed to go wherever you like.
0: Absolutely. I had absolute freedom. I'd wander around the island, eight cents to go to the other side of the island in a taxi and a mini-moke. And, <laughs> um, accompanying me, or vice versa, was a, um, what's the word, um, a student from the school where my mum worked. It was a special school, so right. the... Our companion was a, a student with a disability, so right. she was 18, but yep. institutionalised 18-year-old. Mm-hmm. And I had the street smarts of an 11-year-old who wasn't institutionalised. Right. <laughs> <laughs> not, not that there was too much street smartness that required in Tonga, because it yeah. was very, very benign, very safe society, very, yeah. um, you know, everybody's looking out for everybody, and, yeah. and um, yeah. you know, basically zero crime rate, and um, yeah. it, it was just idyllic and, what, and gorgeous. Three months, three, four months? A couple of months, yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah, so you come back?
0: I come back and I hit high school, bang, like a brick wall. It's like, this is different. <laughs> <laughs> and um, high school, yeah, high school was a thing, you know, it was sort of, oh, okay, well, now we're learning and we've got subjects and, uh-huh. you know, all very different from... Was this Doncaster High? Uh, that's correct, a, yes. Yeah, yeah. And um, a few, I had a few mates from my previous school came along to that one, but not a great many. So, Did
1: you still feel this sense of isolation, or did you kind of fit it in there?
0: Um, I think I was... By the end of, of primary school, I was really one of the boys. I yeah. was um, quite happy with a bunch of friends. Yeah. I was picked on a bit early in primary school for my appearance. Listeners will see I have a, a broad nose and widely spaced eyes, which um, was just an excuse of difference for sort of bullies to pick on in the very early years. Yeah. So I was a bit um, once, a bit and twice shy about that. And I got a bit of that in high school too, which wasn't fun. Mm -hmm. Um, But I had no trouble making friends and I had a good gang of friends quite early in high school. Mm -hmm. And um, I I enjoyed high school, I think, on the whole.
1: Mm. So what year did you finish high school?
0: Well, it's worth mentioning, before I finished high school, my father had a major car accident in that first year of high school. Right. he was drinking, he drank quite a lot, my dad, and he was drinking and driving and, and um, mm. he crashed his car and had you know, very major injuries, including head injuries. Right. Um, and that kind of dominated my teenage years. What, were you caring for him personally? Yeah, We well, in a sense, yes, my mum sort of delegated me as the boy to kind of help manage his really difficult behaviour. Right. And... Um,
1: what type? Of, you said he had a head injury. So what he was? Yeah. Well, he he was
0: or? he he was aggressive, yes, yeah. and, and and violent, and he mm-hmm. continued to drink, and mm-hmm. his his behavior was very erratic, um, very hard to read, and well, my, my parents ended up divorcing at the at the end of my last year of high school. They right. may well have done that beforehand had that injury not happened. Right. Um, but my mum sort of mucked in behind him and sort of helped him kind of heal from that as best she could. So but,
1: what really wasn't an easy. Time was it when you were no, going to high school?
0: and high school was for me a, um, a kind of a refuge from all that drama. Really, mm-hmm. I, I really applied myself to my studies as kind of an outlet, um, and you know relied on you know a few close friends to sort of help keep me mm-hmm. on the rails, as it were, through that time. Um, so, yeah, I was pretty mad at my dad. Even he had head injuries, so he was not rational. He wasn't no. able to mm. plan or follow through or he he really I really lost him as a responsible parent I think at that first year when he had his crash. Yes. Um and mum, you know, really held things together. She she worked full time as a nurse and did all the work at home and um you know, I owe probably my life to her in the sense that, you know, who knows how I would have been without you know, my dad wasn't able to be a responsible parent. No I understand. And um you know, she made massive, massive sacrifices that I could have a relatively normal... Yeah. Um,
1: and how did, how, how did your brother and sister cope during my, this?
0: My, my sisters um, coped differently. My younger sister, I think, really was traumatised because that happened earlier in her life. Yes. My older sister um, stood up to my dad, I think, and... You know what precipitated the kind of the split between them? Sort of, she said, you know, this this behaviour isn't acceptable, and mm. you know there were fights and arguments and things which I was in the middle of. But she was kind of standing up, I guess, to my dad's irrationality, and mm. um, so all of us came away pretty shell shocked by all of that. Um,
1: so, so when when they divorced, did yes. that mean that? He left the home, he or? left the home, yes, And, and, what, and happened, what happened to your dad
0: well, all of us refused to talk to him mm. to have any contact with him, and I kept that up for about seven years, because um, I was just furious with him,, yes. and um you know, didn't want anything to do with him, mm. and um kind of kept solidarity with with my mum and sisters, who actually didn't have any contact with him, mm-hmm. you know after that since so they they he he died a couple of years ago, and one mm. of the you know, it was a tragedy that they whereas they, they did love him, yes. you know, as, as a young father. But mm. then um, it just all went apart, and that, that's the way things yeah. go. Mm.
1: It is. It's. I mean, it's a, it's a common story. I mean, disability, especially acute disability. You know, one minute things are going one way, and then one second later, the whole of life changes. Not just for for the yes. person involved, but everybody else around that person. It's yes. just just a horrendous. So is there anything in high school that uh, caught your fancy any subjects or anything you're good at or well i I assume you weren't doing marathons or uh triathlon? no i wasn't I wasn't a huge sportsman
0: although no. my my school was mad for sports um, i chose it sort of a wasn't really a free choice, but I chose maths and sciences because that's what looked like would get my dad's approval right and um I made a virtue of that I became good at it And interested in it Mm. And I was interested in airplanes And technology and things Mm. As as I mentioned So I made a virtue of that And um, went to go on And study engineering After that first year
1: and... Engineering. Yeah. Following your dad's footsteps. Yeah. Where? Where? Not RMIT. Uh, RMIT, yeah. <laughs>
0: but been... I, I wanted to do the airplane flavoured yeah. one and I didn't
1: quite get the marks
0: to do that. No. And then I, I lost it. I really, I don't think I was a very responsible 18 year old. And I know a well, lot of people do this club. way. She I know a lot of club. people do this. But I, I, um, I sort of noticed after a year or two that actually I didn't have to do what my dad what I thought my dad wanted to do anymore. Yeah. So I ended up going and getting a job and yeah. then went All and, right. We'll talk about that.
1: In a second. Yeah. It's 4:30. Uh, this is Radical Australia on Community Radio 3CR streaming live on 3cr.org.au. The bad news for you, Rowan, is this program is podcast. Yes. So if your friends and enemies have missed it, they can actually listen to it in the, in, yeah, later on. Uh, Dale is uh, doing all the technical work there for us. Thank you very much. We, well, we call it Empress because we've got to keep her on the right side. My name's Joe And Rowan's an 18-year-old footloose out there in the real world. You're still living at home?
0: At that stage, yes.
1: No. So when did you move out?
0: I decided... After I noticed that I didn't have to do what my dad said anymore, <laughs> I thought, F this, I'm going to go and study art. And, Arts. And that was the completely worst thing I could have done in his, in his ideas. I was doing humanities and whatever. Where, where were you doing that? And I went and I did... RMIT stuff? I, I had this notion that I couldn't do it in Victoria. Oh, right. Which was my misunderstanding, of I think, of the, the tertiary yeah. Yeah. something or other rules. Anyway, so I went and did it in New South Wales, uh-huh. moved to a country town in New South Wales, Armidale, nice. which turned out to be a fantastic decision.
1: Dale is an Armidale
0: girl.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's my alma mater. Uh-huh. Uh, uh, you know, graduate. Graduate. Yes, yes. yes. Yeah. So, did you graduate at least? I did graduate, but
0: not from Armidale. Not from Armidale. <laughs> I, I moved down to Canberra because I wanted to do... I, I late, late in my uh, high school year, I had noticed... Whereas I'd been trained in this sort of right-wing idea of the world and who was on the right side of World War Two and yeah, yeah. so on and so on, I kind of noticed that, that war wasn't such a great idea and that there was massive waste and massive overproduction in some places and there were people starving in other places and I thought, this isn't well, right.
1: Where did you notice all this garbage?
0: Just watching the idiot box.
1: You, you just made up, you thought your whole youth is. Turned to putty. My whole
0: political training yeah, I mean, of putty. a lifetime has gone I mean, to putty we, I
1: mean, it's time. where's <laughs> your It's Time badge, you know?
0: Yes. Um, so I thought, I was starting to question this, and I remember at, at my year at RMIT engineering yeah. watching rat bads like um, John Schuman, Red, Red Gum, and so on, oh, yeah, you know, yeah, up on yeah, the stage yeah. telling us that the US alliance wasn't a great idea. And, yeah, yeah. and this got me thinking, and um, I, I um, ah, that's right. I, Tried, I had ambitions to join the Air Force mm-hmm. which was it was if you like my whole ambition through high school through all that drama with my family join the air force kill people jo- join like, the I air understand Force that. well, my idea was that was how i you would be useful to society uh-huh. um so when did you and i I applied to do that in my last year at high school, and they rejected me because. Of your because of my eyesight, yeah. which was a blessing. Yeah. Well, Thank you, Royal Australian Air Force.
1: <laughs> well, they didn't want you going to go into a brick wall, did they?
0: So the year after that, I thought I'll go and try and join the army. So I tried to join the army reserve, uh-huh. which was you know I really had to debase myself to go and do that. Yeah, I'm, I'm joking, but they rejected me too oh. for the same reason. I thought, oh, well, I can't. Well, I thought, well, f you, you're not getting me then. I'm never going. You know. So I joined the peace movement. Right.
1: <laughs> Where, where, in Canberra or Armadale? Uh, or? I probably started in Armadale and yeah, then, then yeah, in Canberra. Yeah,
0: um, yeah. So, so I decided the the reasons for my move from Armadale to Canberra was I wanted to study international politics uh-huh. as distinct from Australian politics, which I found a little insular and uninteresting. <laughs> um, or oh, did
1: you study international politics?
0: I did. I did, in, did that at, at ANU in Canberra, which was a great place to do it because of... Hey, it's, it's, it's a pretty good school, ANU, and um, it's got a lot of research goes on, yeah, and a yeah, lot of interesting yeah. people do interesting so research there. What, what did there. you come out with? I came up with a BA in political science and, and English.
1: So you went on the dole after that, I assume. Of course. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> I mean, what? what Behave, political side. I did do a,
0: a little brief foray into, you know, investigating <laughs> Australia's arms exports. Uh huh. Uh huh. For the uh, peace movement. For the peace movement, okay. and, and yeah. sold that to the Canberra Times, and then yes. got arrested a few times trying to shut down ADIX, Australian International Defence Exhibition. So you were part of that large penis, uh, were you? Uh, uh, no, I was the foreskin. You're the foreskin, right? <laughs>
1: <laughs> I don't think people know what we're talking about, but us old, oldies, we remember. Yes. Yes, the naked men. Yes. Oh, I don't know. That was one of the most interesting protests I've, uh, I've uh, come across, in Australia anyway. So, what happens? How old are you now? You're mid-twenties, aren't you? Mum, yeah, I was getting getting onto my
0: mid-twenties, yeah. I
1: mean, you haven't got a job. You've got a BA. Yep. And I thought... <laughs> what
0: are you going to do now? I thought... And it's time you went and did something really useful in your life. Uh-huh. So, of course, I went and did mum's thing. Instead of dancing. I went and I became a nurse.
1: Right, right. Where, where did you do your training? I
0: started training at the Royal Melbourne Hospital. Uh-huh. And I lasted two years into that particular training. And I was, I have to say, a little bit of a rat bag when I was there. <laughs> I joined the union. Right. I really wasn't happy with how they ran things. I really uh-huh. wasn't happy with how they taught us. Uh, um, you I- weren't
1: part of the 1987
0: I was a little bit after that, well, yeah, I was yeah, a little bit after that, yeah. but um, I was certainly aware of that. Yeah. Um, so, I wasn't very good at doing my homework, but I was bloody good on the wards. I was bloody good with patients, and I wouldn't take crap from, <laughs> you know, I've the, the hierarchy. Said, yeah, yeah, and
1: Administration. Yeah, yeah.
0: So, I did two years of that and learned a heck of a lot, mm-hmm. and bailed out with an enrolled nurse's qualification. Right. And went and worked across the the, the town in um, nursing homes and the best and worst of those. And mm. I kind of morphed more into the community sector after that and did home and community care. And um, that was that was a good move. I learned sort of how to relate to people instead of to machines and right. computers. and right. and.
1: Tell us, uh, what type of work did you do in the home and community care sector? What did you do? Did you go into people's homes and assist them or...? Yes,
0: um, and the more interesting for me, I mean, I did that one-on-one, and that included sort of work, you know, respite care, working yes, with people yes, who whose yeah. carers, you know, needed a day, day off, off or, or yeah, whatever. Yeah. Um, I also did group work, so going around picking people up who were part of regular groups, yep. and this was in uh, inner Melbourne, North Melbourne and, and City of Melbourne, and that was fascinating because I got consistent relationships with groups of older people who'd grown up you know been born and grown up in the same house in North, yes. North Melbourne for a hundred mm-hmm. years mm-hmm. literally mm-hmm. Um, and that was you know really educational right. I just learned about my city and, and, yeah. and these people um, yeah. and they you know were un, uninhibited in their, in their affection for me and, and um, they were it was great to work with yes.
1: How long did you stay in that sector for?
0: Oh, about 10 years. So what, mid-30s? Yeah.
1: And what happened then?
0: Well, I thought I need to um, go and do stop doing women's work because um, what was my reasoning? I think there was a way in which I was using those people to feel good about myself. I was right, sort of being right. a do-gooder. Um, you are getting positive reinforcement. Yeah, yeah. which which is kind of okay. And I've gone back into that. Well, yeah. as, long,
1: as long as people aren't dependent on you, there's, yeah. there's always that issue that they become dependent on you, totally dependent, and it's kind of, gets a bit messy yes. at that stage. Yeah. Anyway, so, so I so thought why thought... Why so what made you think, in your mid-30s, you're, yeah. you're in a career, you're obviously earning a wage to pay the rent. Yep. Uh, what made you think, I need to change?
0: I think it goes back to that thing with my dad, that I was unstable. I was moving from one thing to the other, you know, not quite every year, but... Um, I, you know, I was in a habit of change, of making change, of being restless mm-hmm. and making change. So my current income, I'm, I've got from the same source, two sources for, for 10 years now, mm-hmm. which was kind of a decision. I thought, no, settle down. Um, so at that time, I I, I think it was fine. I'm not, I don't criticise it now, but I decided I wanted to do something that was not related to caring for people. And um, I thought, what the heck what I do... And I went and became a postie. A postie? Yep.
1: They didn't knock you back because you were eyesight? No, they you didn't. You didn't tell them about the armed forces <laughs> and, the, and the Royal Australian Air Force? No. You, no, no, you didn't tell no, them about that? No, no. 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 Did they put you on a bicycle or a bike?
0: Both. Both. Both, yes. Yeah. yeah. And
1: they gave you a license? Uh, yep, yep, uh, yep, huh, yep. Huh. Postie? Yep.
0: So I joined the union, of course, and became a, a shop steward. And yep, yep, um, yep, yep.
1: What uh, union's uh, that? The post?
0: The CP. Uh, C-E-P-U, as it C-P-U. was then C-P-U. called, I think, yeah. it's still. So yeah. that, that was good fun. There was always always some, some drama to be had, you know. How
1: would you deal with the dog? That's what I want to know. Well, everyone <laughs> asked me that.
0: Everyone asked me that, and I have to say I had no problem with dogs as a postie. To... No. Because no. I like dogs. And I yeah, like meet, her. As soon as you make, meet a dog, you just make friends with it. You say g'day.
1: Why do you make friends with a dog?
0: You say g'day. So was you make friends with anybody?
1: You <laughs> say g'day. g'day. Um, Stephen the bum, that's if you're a dog. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what was that, Dale? Something about bums? <laughs> no, Dale, she's mumbling again. You sure, you, what was it, you want to share it with the world? No? No, right. Uh, Dale's like that, she kind of doesn't want to share things, but sometimes she does. Yeah, she's she's going to walk out if we're not careful, <laughs> and then we're going to have problems. No comment, so, so, no so, comment. So, so you had no problems with dogs. How about humans? Humans. Complaining about their mail not being on time, the letters torn, and it's no, all the Same
0: thing. I, I yeah, really, no, I had very little problem with any humans out, out on the round. Uh uh-huh. um, my workmates were fantastic. The bosses were assholes. Can I say that on yeah, you? Yeah, yeah, of course you can. As long as you the, don't identify the, them individually, <laughs> you can call them all assholes. The, 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 you know, the management structure, it's really archaic and, and it would have been a fantastic job except that you've got this whip on your back saying go faster all the time, mm, mm. which just makes it much less fun and it means you get injured. People all might... Workmates were carrying the same as a football team. Yeah. Everybody's carrying an injury, and you find about that, out about that as a shop steward, you, you wouldn't know it necessarily just to look at the shop floor and see people working. Yeah. But yeah. as a shop steward, people come to you, and you know you know they're carrying a shoulder and they're carrying a knee, and yeah. and um, it, it's all because you don't get to take care of your body while you do it. You have mm-hmm. to rush around and mm-hmm. and you know meet these sort of artificially mm-hmm. computer created mm-hmm. targets and things like that. So that that was a not too positive aspect of that job but apart from that it was bloody good fun how long did you last in that job i was 5 it? years of posting that's
1: that's almost here and
0: it was around here in 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 collingwood fitzroy oh no, so, that's all right um yeah. that, that was a fantastic aspect of it because i got to learn not that I opened anybody's mail. Of course I did not. <laughs> of course I did not. But you learn, you know, who's, who's yeah. who around the neighbourhood, you know, yeah. from yeah. doing that job. And you yeah. get to meet people daily and yeah. you get to, um, yeah. you know, yeah. find out what makes the place tick in a way that you do in few other jobs.
1: Yeah. I yeah. well, again, it's still another people job. Yeah. It is in its yeah. own way. It's yeah. a people yeah. job. As yeah. you said, it's human. Rel- it's your interaction with human beings which makes it a good job.
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: So what what do you do for... Relaxation. This is all work, work, work. Um, Do you anything for relaxation?
0: Well, I've never worked that many hours. I'm a bit of a bludger, really. really? Um,
1: Well, no, you've had full-time jobs all your life. I
0: don't know. I
1: wouldn't call you a bludger.
0: Go on, on demonstrations. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> write letters to politicians. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. Relaxation... You'd I like to read a little bit. Read, yeah. Um, lots of culture to imbibe around Melbourne, you know.
1: Culture, what do you mean you imbibe culture, you oh, drink yeah. it. No, 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 you music. Vitamise you know, it. Music. music. And, 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 and Music. Um, what role does music play? And, what role does it play in your life, music?
0: Um, well, I, I referred to the sort of the Pete Seeger thing.
1: Mm.
0: Um, mm. I used, to, as a nurse, that... That definitely required sort of unwinding from and debriefing from, or whatever. I used to go to a gig called One C One, which was a folk music thing mm-hmm. up in the Mechanics Institute yeah. in Brunswick, mm-hmm. and um, those sort of things are absolutely vital to keep you sane when you're working as a, a ward nurse, because mm-hmm. you come home with all this stress about you know people Everything. dying of cancer and did I leave the bedpan in, <laughs> you know yeah, whatever, yeah, whatever, and you just have to switch off and go and and, and enjoy something like that. So, um, yeah, I did a lot of that in the 90s when I was doing that sort of thing, going out to gigs, and yeah, gigs. We, we're just so blessed in so Melbourne it, with so many...
1: So are you are you a doer or a listener, as far as music is concerned? Well,
0: more recently I've become a singer. I've joined a choir, a little community choir, in the past few years. Where, where's that? That's in uh, JICA, JICA Community Centre, which is right. just in Westgarth, mm-hmm. and that's great. You get together every Wednesday night and... You know, bash out a tune together and hopefully get a few harmonies happening. And that's that's what what,
1: I've heard of this choir business, I heard it's big everywhere. So, (laughs) what type of people come to a choir? Why would you (laughs) waste your time? People
0: (laughs) who like singing together, (laughs) Really? (laughs) enough, people like singing together. People people like that. Do you do
1: do, do do, do do any gigs, uh, any charity gigs, or
0: from time to time? Yes, Mm -hmm. we sort of. Not so much charity gigs. I mean, we do a little bit in that direction. Probably the most fulfilling thing we did in that direction was one of our members um, had a disability and he'd been raised in institutions and um, he passed away. He was, in his latter years, he was an artist. Um, He was in a... uh, There's a name for the movement, people who were sort of marginalised, you know, socially marginalised, Groups who have their own art, which to its credit, the art world embraces as right. you know, having a legitimate, lot of legitimate yeah. integrity. Mm. and integrity. Um, and we got to sing at his funeral, where 200 people right. showed up, including his family and yes. a whole lot of artists, his colleagues, and so on. Mm. And we got to, yeah, sing. What was his name? you got me there. Whereas,
1: no, don't worry, we'll move on. You'll, it'll come back. I, I, can, I, can, picture, I, I can picture his, 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 face, I can picture yeah. his face now. Yeah, you're nearly 50. Don't worry yes. about it. Don't worry about it. It'll come back. And um, has love entered your life at any stage?
0: Yes, I, I'm um, in a partnership with a lovely woman called Sue. Mm-hmm. Susan Nash, who many of your listeners will recognise. She's a, a, a seasoned activist like myself. She was involved in the Vietnam Moratorium. She's, she's a little bit older than me, Sue. Mm. She was involved in the Vietnam Moratoria. She was involved in, um, as a teacher in her union, she was involved in more recently the occupation of the Fitzroy School. Yes. Um, and she was instrumental in maintaining the collective of self help groups, which was defunded by the Kennett government. Mm-hmm. And she and a couple of others became the management committee of that organisation. So that organisation has been refunded and still exists today because of her efforts. And she also more recently was a um, a volunteer coordinator with the Asylum Seeker Resource Centre. She ran the English, uh, Home English teaching program. She's now retired from that, but um, she... Um,
1: Oh, she's put you in the shade, hasn't she? She has. Well, what do you do, Rowan? <laughs> what, type of, what type of radical activity are you involved in? <laughs> Nothing much compared to her. No. What do you mean? What <laughs> do you do? Nothing much.
0: Um, I don't know. I, I really think I do my best to keep tabs on everything that's going on mm-hmm. and to sort of learn my place as a, a middle-class white guy and to kind of own that privilege but also give it up you know, I've had it good, and um, what's it like for the rest of the world, what's going to be fair, what is fair, um, a lot of my poems are about that, sort excuse, of excuse coming me. from that position. Poems. Poems, yeah. Poems. Poems.
1: Poems. P-O-E-M-S. Poems, yeah. You're going to tell me you're a, a poet. I am a poet, what When yeah. did this happen? I asked you, what do you do for a Relaxation. Oh, okay. Well, that, well that, sorry. Yeah. I mi- I missed that cue entirely. Yeah.
0: What do you well, mean? When I was bumming around Melbourne in the in the late 80s after I got home from yeah. uni. Yeah. Actually, I blame Armidale. Yeah. I was there, was there was a a good lot writer scene in, in Armidale, po- pub poetry and things. I started when I was starting English, you know, uh-huh. scribbling bits and pieces and uh-huh. reading at various open mics and things. Uh-huh. Um so and then I did, came back to Melbourne and, and, and got infected with the, the pub poetry scene in Melbourne again in the uh, early 90s uh, and uh-huh. didn't really have time for it as a nurse. But mm-hmm. um, So I've kind of got back involved in that in the last few years and that that scene has So that book exploded. You, that
1: book that I'm looking at, that's a poetry book. That is a poetry which book. Which you've written. You've written all the poems in there. I
0: have and that's in fact my first poetry book as a 48-year-old or something or first other. First so poetry book. Yeah, yeah.
1: Read us a poem. Okay. Go on, read us a poem. There we go. He's opening it up and he's looking around and he wants to give give us a good poem.
0: Well, my eyes fall on my ode to single mothers, which. Your listeners may be aware there was a rally today outside the State Library mm. of. The pen- Combined Pensioners. Combined yeah. Pensioners, mm. and the Council for Single Mothers and Their Children mm-hmm. had a presence there, and there was a speech. And I showed. I think was her name. This this poem which I wrote, this is called Ode to Single Mothers. And I was raised by a single mother for at least one year of my childhood, my 17th year, after my dad passed, not passed away, after we moved moved out, my dad on. (laughs) So, Ode to Single Mothers. It's a sonnet. Mm -hmm. We love you when you host your baby shower. Or show us that first smile which makes us laugh. We say, who rocks the cradle holds the power. And sympathise if fortune leaves you last. You'd think that bringing babies up was good. Especially when all other folk had bailed. We acted like we cared and understood. We said we knew it wasn't you who'd failed. For this we made you, from your days with dolls, to vacuum floors and make another's meals. You seek that other work which fate extols, yet mother, feeding growing tot who squeals, then in the evening readies him for bath, we cut your cash and wonder at your path." Mm.
1: I remember I'm old enough to remember yeah, that horrible Whitlam government. Remember that horrible Whitlam that horrible government Whitlam, when you yes, were a nine yes, year old, you yes, went to the Liberal yes, Party yes. Uh, celebration in 1975? Yes. You know, the first government that actually introduced benefits for single mothers and single parents yes. before that? Yes. Nothing? That's and why there were so many forced adoptions. Yep. yep. Give us another poem.
0: Okay, we'll change the pace. There's a lot of, lot of change of, of pace here. What not we. Hmm.
1: Yeah, he's a uh, poor old Rowan's looking through the book. He's trying to pick one as for. Us. He's forgotten this is live radio. And
0: uh, okay, you, I have. You'd think, you think have. he'd
1: remember his own poems, but some of them are very long. Looking at this book, here we go. Have we got another one?
0: I don't know. Of course you have. You have got no, hundreds in that. Book. Here we go. Stall gallery. So this is me hanging around.
1: You're not a stalker. Just are you? Flipping.
0: No, I'm not a stalker. No. Okay. <laughs> in the stall gallery. I'm hanging in the State Library of Victoria, upstairs in the store gallery, and so are 40 faces of my city's past. Governors, Surveyor's General, Captains of Ships, of Industry, of Sheep Stations. The frames are gilt, the busts marble, monstrosities larger than life. Enormous Anglo-Celtic egos cargoed here from centuries past. They crash onto my modern mind like the lock oared onto the rocks at Cape Otway. Careers are celebrated. Settlement documented. Progress is prodigious. The only setbacks are public spats between willful rich white men with formidable whiskers. Biographies boast of fortunes made and only sometimes lost. The names of the city read like the plot of the Melway's map, a who's who of Melbourne streets. Women are not much mentioned, unless as the mother country, or wives, or widows, a painter here, a pioneering journalist, or intrepid motorist there, like the first one to drive the Nullarbor, In 1920 There is no painting of this event, however So she, I must imagine Crank-starting her jalopy in the dust I'm impressed All of these forebears impress They stole a land to build a country With their workers' bare hands They gave me everything I now have They are bold Resourceful Creative Courageous Inspired Besides them I feel small and timid and weak. I notice there is but one portrait of a black man. Quote, William Barrack, last chief of the Yarra, Yarra But conspicuously, no black women. I note also that the walls are coloured bright red, a little like the uniform of the 57th Foot Regiment and much too much like arterial blood I'm hanging in the State Library of Victoria upstairs in the Storwell Gallery and I'm thinking what we choose to remember says says less than that which we choose to forget
1: Powerful How do you approach creating something like that? Do you think about it? Do you put it down on paper Or does it just come to you Or do you actually work at it
0: Different ones Different um, ways That The first one I read um, I was in the shower And I was thinking Of a poem by a chap Called Siegfried Sassoon Who wrote this poem Called Glory of Women Which is a Bitter, bitter poem Aimed at women uh, Just after he came back From the First World War And poem is really very closely based on the structure and argument of that poem and it just came to me that uh, single women get kind of held up in the same way Mm -hmm. in the same impossible way and so that the the conceit you know we love you when you you host your baby shower kind of came to mind so that was just a a flash of inspiration sort of echoing that other poem and And the rest of it just I had to work at it to get it into the kind of rhyme and meter and whatever of a sonnet Um and that was that was the work. it took a, a month or so to do but it was in a way easy. Mm. And, um, and the other one? The other one I was going to a poetry gig. I thought I wanna make something to offer this gig. I was literally killing time in the in the um <laughs> state library across the road and mm. and it just came to me and that so I sort of wrote that down, you know, in, in ten or twenty minutes. Um like amazing. That. Yeah. Amazing,
1: amazing, amazing thinking process. Look, it's uh, 4.56, this is Radical Australia, we've got young Rowan White, he's under 50. Um, do you have a, I, I hate to ask guests this, because a lot of them don't, do you have a website or something like that, where people can look at your poetry or... I do have a Facebook page. Yeah, and Facebook, are you want really to share that or not?
0: Yeah, um, Rowan White, or Rowan Stuart White is my middle name, so uh-huh. disambiguate me from all the other whites out yeah, there, there's quite yeah, a few of us. Yeah. Um, I, I, if you go to my notes on my Facebook page You'll see a few poems uh-huh. um, This book that I've just been reading from yes. Is just hot off the press I published it last month Right. Um, How do you get hold of that? If listeners want that They can go to me through my Facebook page And I'll mail them one Or they can go to the marvellous poetry bookshop in Melbourne Called Collected Works uh-huh. Which is at number 37 Swanson Street upstairs right. And go in and see Chris and the folks there And
1: Great, good Tailwind
0: oh. is the name of my po- my book.
1: Well, Mr Rowan White, thank you very much. It was a long journey to get to the poetry, but we finally got there. I'm sure people were fascinated by your story and uh, we're here basically to teach people that radicals come from all walks of life. We even, do indeed. E- even nine-year-olds who go to Liberal Party <laughs> celebrations for the demise of the Whitlam government. So thank you very much, Rowan. We do indeed. Uh, thank you for giving us... a sharing your life with us and all the best for the next 50 years on the planet.
0: Thank you, Joseph.